Welcome to the Money Rules Podcast, where we tackle your personal financial matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, we do A living trust can be a powerful tool for achieving specific estate planning goals, but there's a lot to understand about how they work and whether they're the right fit for you. To help us navigate this, we have Gareth Collier, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Welcome, Gareth. Hi, Timmy. Thanks for having me. Gareth, for some of our listeners who may be unsure, could you please explain what we refer to when we talk of a living trust? So a living trust, sometimes also called a discretionary trust, is set up during the lifetime of the the founder or the founders. Generally, this is done for specific estate planning goals. And what will happen is that the, the founder will set up uh, the, the trust with the trustees. Once the document is set up and the, and the trustee is in place, then the founder can then move, start moving assets into the trust. This can be done one in two ways. Either the, the, the founder can donate assets into the trust. Now you've got to be careful that you could be subject to donations tax uh, each year. The other way that's typically done is those assets are sold to the trust. And if the trust doesn't have any cash in it to begin with, it's usually done on a loan account. And then typically those those assets will be like sort of uh, donated on paper over a period of time until that loan account is settled. Once the assets are in the trust, then people need to remember that the, the trustees then become the custodians of those assets. So you've got to be careful that, you know, you treat those assets as arm's length um, if you are a founder and a trustee. Um, and then ultimately the, 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 the named beneficiaries of the trust will be entitled to receive the benefit of those assets, be that income or maybe some distributions, depending on the nature of the assets held in the trust. And what are some of the goals that one could achieve by setting up this kind of trust? So I think we've briefly touched on it there, but, but typically the, the main intention is to, to make sure that, that assets that you've accumulated are, are protected and used for the benefit of the beneficiaries of those trusts. So those, those could be the, the initial founders themselves, as well as their children and sort of family to come from there. Typically, you would consider this when you want to go through, you know, what's colloquially called like an estate pegging technique. So that's where, let's say for argument's sake, you've established a business that looks like it's heading in really, really good direction and it's going to accumulate a lot of value over time. People may consider moving such assets or or properties and things into these trust structures so that any additional growth of those assets then happens inside the trust from that point and not inside their personal estate, which makes it very efficient for succession planning um, because once the once the trust is established and the assets are inside them, then the trust obviously doesn't have a lifetime. That can carry on in perpetuity. The other main reason people would consider setting up a trust is that if beneficiaries that they may have, and typically this would be things like disabled financial dependents, be their children or maybe other family members who the founder is possibly financially responsible for, should they pass away, those beneficiaries may will probably not have the the capacity to look after those assets themselves for their benefit. And thus using a trust um, can be very, very useful because you can transfer that sort of responsibility to, to trustees to look after those assets for the benefit of those disabled beneficiaries. Gareth, there's a lot of information around about how setting up a trust can help you save on tax. Is this true in practice? 
Yes, but I think we we give a heck of a lot of a focus on the estate planning reasons for 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 the for the tax efficiency. So people will tend to focus on a, like minimizing the estate duty that they could pay in their personal capacity, but then maybe don't think of the secondary consequence, which is to look at well, how are those assets then taxed within the trust itself? Um, so you know, trusts are liable to be to be taxed at a flat rate of forty five percent, unless of course that is. Uh, the trust is set up for a disabled person, in which case it's treated as a what they call a special trust, and that is then trust uh, that is then taxed on a sliding scale between 18 and 45 percent, effectively, you know, as you are in your personal capacity on your on the PAYE tables. Obviously, the, the main benefit then is that once those assets are, are in a trust, you know, you're no longer liable for additional estate duty uh, or executive fees, all the other kind of costs that are that are typically associated with winding up an estate. Earlier on, you mentioned that this kind of trust can be used for succession planning, which I think would be an attraction for a number of people. Can you just tell us more about that? Yeah. So, you know, let's take uh, if you buy a, a family holiday home, right, you may consider keeping that in a, in a trust because, you know, you want not just your your family and sort of the next generation, but future generations from there to to benefit from it. So as I mentioned earlier, you you may be the individual, maybe you and your spouse are the ones that initially bought it. Um, but once you pass away, you know, you've got to kind of pass it down and down through through multiple generations, which may kind of disperse the 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 ownership of that property. Whereas if you establish a trust, obviously the trust entity then houses and owns the property um, and the beneficiaries will just change over the years but it doesn't incur sort of you know any uh, estate related expenses or, or taxes the other part like I mentioned is if you've got the likes of a, of a business that may become well established and you would like your your family and future generations to to benefit from that or of course if you've got other other financial assets that can be held in a in a trust such as your typical you know trust accounts or even nowadays the likes of your living annuity could possibly go into a trust if you pass away and that can be used to to disperse the benefits across all those beneficiaries you also mentioned special trusts can you tell us what makes them special so a special trust so that's defined under what they call section 6b1 in the income tax act um, and that is where somebody qualifies as a disabled person and you know that definition there means that they are for any reason typically mentally incapable of managing their own financial affairs then that trust if it's set up for that specific need can be considered a special trust um, and then it gets the advantage of being taxed effectively as an individual rather than a rather than a, 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 a discretionary trust gareth are there any barriers to forming a trust and can you tell us what they are so in terms of setting up a trust, it's quite sort of an administratively intense process. There's obviously um, lawyers that are involved and accountants that are involved. You know, you've, you've got to make sure that uh, trust uh, documents and deeds are, are, are drafted correctly, um, you know, in line with the legislation, they meet all the requirements, they've got to be registered with the with the master's office. So there are a few sort of legal uh, boxes that need to be ticked. And then once the trust is in place, then, you know, then it, it needs to be handled almost like a business. So annual financial statements need to be completed, uh, income tax returns need to be completed. Um, and, you know, it, when it comes to the trustees, the trustees are meant to have sort of annual meetings, we need to keep 
keep a record of all those resolutions that are taken care of in those meetings. And then you need to sort of maintain an asset register of the, of the trust as well. So there are a few elements that, that need to be attended to each year, you know, and that obviously incurs additional costs to the trust as well. They, of course, shouldn't be considered necessarily a, a reason not to do it, but they, we just need to be aware of those. And what are the costs involved in setting up this kind of trust? So part of it, like we, we've mentioned earlier, like let's say you've got a business that you would like to house in the trust. One of the challenges there can be that, you know, once once assets are placed in a trust, they're meant to be handled at, at arm's length from the, from the founder. If that's seen to not be the case, then sort of the term that's used as the trust is seen to be a, as a sham. Um, and then, you know, that, that veil in terms of where the, where the trust sits can be pierced. And those could be considered part of your part of your estate if you if you pass away. Um, bearing in mind when it comes to estate planning, you know, we, we do have the abatement in place. So the first three and a half million rand of any individual's personal estate is not liable for for estate duty to begin with. So unless your your assets or your, your total estate is above that, you, you're not going to necessarily benefit from from setting up a trust unless you have very specific goals such as a, a special special needs child or something like that that it would make sense to do it for regardless of the size of your estate. Gareth, as we wrap up, are there any closing remarks you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think we've kind of covered some of the, the salient points when it comes to considering a trust. So if you are considering setting up a trust, I, I would strongly advise that you get together with your with your with your planner um, to talk through the reasons why you would want to set up that trust, what you're trying to achieve. Um, they should then be in a position to advise you as to the, the pros and the cons and, and kind of maybe discuss all of those. And, and if it does make sense to go through with it, um, typically your, your professional practices will probably have either in-house or, or, or externally um, uh, relationships with other uh, lawyers and, and accountants that can help you get things established in the correct manner. Thank you, Gary, for joining us in this episode and sharing these valuable insights. Not only a pleasure. Always lovely to be here. That was Gareth Collier, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Rules Podcast. To listen to more, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Money Rules. MoneyWeb, Money. your trusted source for business and investment insights.